Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast, episode 107. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We really do appreciate it, as always. Sam, how was your weekend, man? Weekend was good, man. It is pouring here in Seattle. It was not false advertisement when uh, it was said that it rains a little bit here in this area. But I've, I've also heard that it's been raining a little bit in Northern California, which is super nice for that state that part of the state yeah you were sending it our way so i i uh part of me is appreciative of it but working in the rain has not been fun so well uh, you can ask jimmy garoppolo about working in the rain too because i don't think he had a fun time oh no on, we'll get to them Sunday. a little while <laughs> later i was not gonna let you get through the show without talking about the 49ers so we will get to that before we get to the NFL, though, I feel like we do need to do our due diligence and peek in on the NBA real quick. So we're going to cue the intro for Keeping Up With The Kings. Okay, so with that being said, we'll start with the Kings because that is obviously the title of the segment. We'll look into the NBA a little bit later. Sam King start off the season of one and two. They have a nice win against Portland. They gave the jazz after that, everything they could handle. And then they had a chance to beat the Warriors too. And they just let that one slip away. I was listening to the locked on Kings podcast a little um, yesterday, actually. And mm-hmm. one of the reporters uh, host that show. And the thing that he noticed which I, I guess hadn't really taken too much of a, a look into, but he had pointed out that the Kings fourth quarter scoring has been absolutely terrible. He was saying that their defense so far through for the first three games has been a noticeable improvement from last year, but their offense has actually regressed, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of the Kings one and two starts so far? Kings just can't catch a break, man. They just can't put it all together. The, the one time they were actually better on defense. Now their offense, which was, top 10 last year maybe the only the only bright spot has struggled and really that's due in large part to the struggles of Deer and Fox early in this year I mean he has what we thought was going to be a breakout continuing continuing off of that breakout year he had last year where he averaged uh close to 25 points last year and it really seemed like now he's putting on muscle he's added a different aspect to his games and it's just been a struggle at least through the first three games of this season yeah so we go back to if we go back to the Portland game he had 27 points eight assists five rebounds had a that's a pretty good that's a good game for De'Aaron yeah. that is that is a very good game for and I think that's a good game for you know pretty much any point guard but so we go to the second game against the Jazz only 12 points five assists three rebounds. And then I think the game against the Warriors, I think he had like seven turnovers mm-hmm. against the Warriors, something high like that. And he only had 17 points, six assists and five rebounds, which is a pretty good stat line, but not really for him, not somebody who's looking to make that, I guess, all-star jump. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the, the weird thing is right now, and you can look at this as a positive and a negative. The two young guns, our two guards, Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, have actually come out and played really well through the first three games. They have had they they've started off pretty well. Davion, I think, has started off as probably as well as you could have hoped. Mm-hmm. And Tyrese has come out and he has played really well, at least for his role on the team. And then De'Aaron has been the one who actually has not been, like you said, been playing well. So 
while you can take a positive in the two young guards playing well, having our vet, even though Fox is still young, um, having our vet not playing well is is a bit is a bit unfortunate because you you got to think that when those three guys are playing together and playing really well, and Harrison Barnes is giving you what he's been giving you, and Rashawn Holmes has been giving you what he's been giving you, I mean, you have a formula to be a team that who knows how much they're going to win, but at least can be in all of these games. They have a pretty good roster. It's not amazing, but it's good enough to compete in a lot of these games. Yeah. I think the the biggest thing for Sacramento is that, that roster, I, I think the depth might not be there. It's definitely not there as, as what you would consider like a playoff, a perennial playoff team or a contender. I would say, I think the biggest difference is, it's what a star can make up and really pick up the slack with that offensive workload. And I think that just puts a lot of onus on Fox to pick up the slack, say when Buddy has an off game or when Davion struggles from the field or when Maurice Harkless, who's a starter, doesn't put in a lot of offense. Like there's a lot of players on this team that the Kings with everything going right need contributions from everyone on offense and that's maybe not necessarily the same case for a lot of teams like say given the warriors steph can really pick up a lot of that slack that they're that of the lack of production that from the rest of the team right that's what we kind of need De'Aaron to do for the kings to really night in and night out have success and not really have those off nights right and it doesn't get any easier for the Kings. I mean, they open up the season, they go Portland, Utah, the Warriors, the Suns, the Pelicans, maybe a little bit of a break. Yeah. But then they roll into the Mavericks, the Jazz, then, the Pelicans again. The Hornets are really good right now. The Pacers, who knows? And then the Suns. I mean, they just they open up the season with a brutal, brutal stretch of games. They're about to go on a road trip that is just, I mean – Hopefully, I mean, how many games are they on the road? It's a four-game road trip against the Suns, mm-hmm. the Pelicans, the Mavericks, and the Jets. That's three playoff teams right there. So you've got to think, you got to come away with at least that Pelicans game. And then you hope that you can get one between the other three mm-hmm. um, to, to set yeah, yourself the, up going forward. The Kings are taking a little tour around the Western Conference playoffs from last year. I mean, that's what yeah, we're Welcome in. to the league, Davion Mitchell. And Here is uh, Davion is, I mean, it's – I think it's been publicized pretty, pretty well, at least around Sacramento, just his ability to rise up to these challenges that oh, he's yeah. facing in his first three games. I mean, to open up against Damian Lillard and CJ, and CJ, he guarded them both. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell and to a lesser extent, Mike Conley, and then Stephen Curry. And he's been the primary uh, defender on the perimeter for all of those great guards. Like that is the all-stars the West All-Star guards. Yeah, right and then and then not only that, but then your next game is against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So, and you've got to think that he's going to be on one of them for most probably, of the time, I so. probably wouldn't put him on Devin. I mean, the fact that he was able to guard um, Donovan Mitchell so well when Donovan has a clear size advantage over Damon, yeah. but his quickness and his ability, like his, um, just like his hand precision i guess almost because not his ability to not foul yeah. which we thought might have been a big uh i guess challenge for him going into league with how hard he plays and how much 
he throws around like his physicality. He really yeah. hasn't been in foul trouble that no. much. And he's, a, he's been able to stay on the floor for a lot. It's really his, um, it, it comes down to now, like his ability to con- contribute on the offensive end as well to that determines how much playing time he's going to have. Cause his defense right now is there. And that was like Donovan Mitchell said, it's as advertised. And that is so cool to see through the first three games of this year. I'll tell you what, you know what it has also been really cool to see? The Chicago Bulls. If you have not caught one of their games, they have been super fun to watch. They are sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference right now. And actually, the Hornets are right behind them. So you have the two Ball brothers sitting at one and two. And that is a really cool story, honestly. That is that is awesome. Lamar <laughs> is just creeping his pants right now. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. I told you all. Someone sign Angelo right now. Right. <laughs> right. And, well, I mean, he's on the Hornets uh, G League squad, I think, um, right now. So oh, is he? I think so, yeah. Um, so you have the Bulls and the Hornets who are sitting at one and two in the Western Conference. You have the Warriors who are undefeated. They're sitting at three and oh. I didn't see that coming. I figured they would be better, but to start off that hot, that is really nice for them. The Bucks look as dominant as ever. I mean, they opened up the season and they just they destroyed the Nets. They manhandled them, and then they and then the <laughs> it's funny because then they come back against the Heat, and the Heat just whacks the Bucks. Uh, but since then, they've been how much, they've been really good. How much stock do you put in these early matchups? Not a ton. I think you go through the first like 10, 15 games, and after you get through there, then you really have a good idea of, of where everybody's at. I know, I mean, that Knicks game, I don't remember who they – let me double-check who they opened up against. It was the – they opened up against the Celtics, and then they went into that big overtime game. I think – wasn't it uh, double overtime? It was double – yeah, it was double overtime. Um, and it was 138 to 134. And they talked to Julius Randle after the game. And he was – he could barely speak. He was talking about how gassed he was. I mean, it takes it takes a second to get back into game shape for sure. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that once we get through the first 10, 15 games of the season, then you'll really have an idea of, of maybe where everybody is going to be at. Um, and I guess the question I have for you is, do you think the Bulls, do you think they're going to maintain – this this big start the, i mean they've come out first first in the east i don't think so well, but maybe not first definitely... in the east but let's say top let's say top half i think i think it definitely goes to show um how open the east is right now because brooklyn's struggling a little bit with Kyrie situation philadelphia yeah obviously is in a a limbo situation um that leaves two two spots open and I think it's – if you're a Bulls fan, you got to be so happy with how well this team has gelled together so quickly. And you have a lot of a lot of play styles that necessarily go against the NBA conventional f- formula for success. I mean, DeMar DeRozan doesn't shoot threes at a high clip. He's more of a mid-range shooter that is able to slash, defend, really a playmaker. I mean, he's still capable of playing at an all-star level. You have Lonzo Ball, who's been better at shooting, but I don't think anyone would say he's a sharpshooter by any means. He And his ability to stretch the floor hasn't been super proven. So those are two guys in your starting lineup that already – two guards as well that already aren't big-time three-point shooters. You have Zach Levine, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the league, and he's mm-hmm. def- and he's their, by far their star. Um, they still have – 
Vucevic who can spread it a little bit, but I think it's just weird, like how their team is put together. Like it's a little almost backwards, almost with how their guards aren't relying on that three point shot. And then they're, they're actually more like, and then Caruso coming out, like he's not a big three point shooter. Like they're almost like a blast from the past team with defense and and, uh, points in the paint. And you know, what's helped them is, and I'm just, I'm, so I did this on the fly, sort of looking up their first four games. DeMar DeRozan, so their four big-name starters, DeRozan, Vucevic, Ball, and Levine, have all scored in double digits in all four games. So mm-hmm. when you're getting that from your starters, and then you have Troy Brown coming off the bench, who's had pretty good games as well, and Alex Caruso, who just – I feel like Alex Caruso is probably one of the easiest players in the um, league to play with. Like, he'll, like, he's just a guy who just seems to make all the hustle plays mm-hmm. – He'll he'll put the ball on the floor when he needs to, but he's more than willing to make that open pass. He just like when I watch him play, maybe he's not the most like he's not he's not the greatest basketball play you've ever seen, but you can tell that he just he always is doing like the right thing. He's a um, he's a gel guy. He's a he's a fit in guy. Yeah, he, like you put him you put him in anywhere. Yeah, you don't want him to. I mean, he played big time minutes for the Lakers. That wasn't on accident. Like he played right. in the finals and their closing uh, lineup because he was trusted and he was, he provides winning basketball. He's not going to go out and score 20 points. He might even not go out and score 15 points tonight, but he's going to give you those big time buckets when it, when it happens. And mostly he's going to play really good defense and try to try to limit the production of some of the best guards in the NBA. Yeah, and he'll get you some really good assists. He'll get you some good rebounds. He's just he's just an all around like he he was a he's a guy that I think every GM in the league would go. You know what? We could use him on our team and in some way, shape, or form. He would benefit us and make us better. So the thing uh, I have the thing I have um, with Chicago is um, what's going to happen when we get down to the All Star break and maybe teams sort of figure this team out because I've. I feel like maybe they can only win one way. Well, I mean, we'll see. Um, that is, I mean, the sign of a good team is being able to beat you in multiple different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we'll, we'll see through the first couple of games. I mean, they have held teams. I mean, they had, they held the Pistons to 88. They held the Pistons again to 82. I don't know how big of a, who knows, but whatever. The Pistons, I mean, they, the Pistons might be yeah. the worst team in the NBA. So, right. I mean, and the Pelicans at 112, which, may not seem like that's a lot, but in this day and age in the NBA, 112 is not a massive number. Without Zion, um, though, right? I think so, yeah. yeah and Zion's then they held the Raptors to 108. So, I mean, they've been playing good defense, and I, their defensive mm. numbers are going to look better because they played against the Pistons. So maybe it, we can't take too much stock. In Toronto's, Toronto's pretty bad this year, too. Toronto, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, maybe we can't take too much stock into it yet. Um but but again, it's only it's only like four games in for most of these Ch- teams. So Chicago of last year would have lost one or two games to these bad oh, teams. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Like that's just the mark of a of improvement that they're able to be in really control the teams that they should be beating. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're a Chicago Bulls fan, I think you have reason to definitely be excited this year. I don't see any reason why your team is not going to get into the playoffs. Um, and honestly, if you look at the East, and we can sort of close out the NBA conversation, but you look at the East, and the Eastern so the Eastern Conference so long has been much maligned, and 
you know, as being the weaker conference, like really top heavy, mm-hmm. but you go down the list and there's a, the, the East is deep now. I mean, the bulls are good. The Hornets look like they're going to be a really good and fun team to watch They're Who knows if they're going to stay that high. Um, I, my guess would be no, but they're still going to be a good team. The bucks um, are really good. The Knicks have added really good pieces. The 76ers, I don't even know what's going to happen with the 76ers and Ben Simmons, but if you have Joel Embiid, you're still going to be a tough out. The Heat are good. The Hawks are fun. The Nets, right now, the Nets are the ninth seed. The Nets are probably still going to be the favorite for most people in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics appear to have some life again. And, yeah, they're just – it's a it's a pretty deep conference, and we obviously know about the West. So, um, so I, I don't think, think you can necessarily look at the Eastern Conference and say it's definitively – the weaker conference it probably I, is but it's not as big of a gap <laughs> i would go that far i think the the west is still definitely you think better. it's still a big gap yeah top to, well i don't know if it's it's definitely not as big as when cleveland was just running through right the east right and that's what i'm saying yeah. but um it's definitely close i think chicago definitely helps close it i mean the hornets if they can keep up this play but i mean the West from t- the fact that Portland might not, might miss the playoffs this year is super crazy. Golden State was the eighth seed last yeah. year, and they're going to be better this year. I mean, it, the West is as loaded as ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Lakers right now are sitting at the thirteenth seed, <laughs> so they need to figure something. It, they I saw, do. They do need to figure out their t- team chemistry right now. I saw a, a quick link. I, what would you think about this, Russell Westbrook? And Kyrie Irving swap. I saw that actually. I had heard, so I actually heard that last week. Um, and I don't know if the person that I heard it from was the one that started it, but um, I did hear that. Um, I don't get that at all. I don't think that that solves anything really. I mean, I know LeBron and Kyrie have played together before, but I don't. I think it would I, work. I think it would work in LA if. Kyrie f- figures out if he wants to play basketball Maybe. again. But yeah, Brooklyn, Kevin couldn't win with Russell. James couldn't win in Houston with Russell. So now the two of them with Russell are suddenly going to win? Yeah, they're, I don't understand. They're, just, they're, going, they're going back to the old Thunder days. So, But this is a, this is a way worse, like, it, it's crazy, like, it's how he's like, he's not as good of a shooter. Russell Westbrook isn't as good no. of a shooter as he was back then. He's not as good of a free point three free throw shooter as he was back then. He's um, had a bunch of major injuries. So now there's the questions of if he can stay healthy and play at that play style. And how does he fit in with this new James Harden, who's a ball dominant uh, offense oriented yeah. player. And then, I mean, Kevin will be Kevin. He can play with anyone, but yeah, he'll he'll be fine. How would Russell Westbrook like that? Is just putting him in the same situation that he's in right now, where he's the third yeah, option. I don't. I don't know how that would work. The one, the one thing that I think the best trade, I think for at least if they're wanted, if, if the NBA, well, not the NBA, if if the Warriors were looking to get any better right now, I think they go out. I think they should go after Ben Simmons. I think he would fit really well with, with Golden what? State. I don't know. I don't know what they would give up. I'm just saying a hypothetical, like if I'm looking at Ben Simmons and he's no longer going to be in Philly and I'm imagining the perfect place for him, 
-hmm. He needs to be on a place that has a one, two, and three option where he doesn't have to be that. So you look at teams, unfortunately, like Brooklyn, but I think for him, the best place would be the Warriors. I think with Steph, Clay, and all their weapons around them, Andrew Wiggins, I think him sliding in right there and just the Warriors going out and saying, look, dude, you don't have to score because we'll score for you and we'll set you up for easy plays. Just go be the defensive playmaker that you are. I think the Warriors instantly become a ridiculously good team in the Western Conference. Not that they're not already, but it would be – that's just me like going, oh, my God, I feel like that would be the perfect move. Don't know how it would work. He's like almost a better – he's like a better Draymond Green – Almost. Right now, like he would fit in that. I think they would have to trade Draymond and they would have to trade Andrew Wiggins to make the money work. Um, a first round pick. I mean, I, th- I thought initially while you're saying that they throw in Wiseman, but why would Philadelphia want James Wiseman when they have Joel Embiid? Like James Wiseman isn't going to see the court. Tell you what, tell you what, throw Ben Simmons to the Bulls. Put him, put him at, in, for, at the four. What? what is Chicago giving up? They can't just <laughs> no, 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 no. But what? I, all I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not saying as a, as like an actual thing. But I'm just like saying in like a perfect world, what would also be a fun place to see him? I think that would be a super fun team. Um, to the have. Yeah, why not? <laughs> We're going down a loophole here, but I just was more saying like, if it could work this would be a fun location kind of thing for him to be. So, all right. So we will move on from the NBA. The NBA has gotten off to a really good start, really interesting start teams at the top that maybe we weren't expecting teams at the bottom that maybe we weren't expecting. So we'll see what happens. Like I said earlier, once we get to 10, 15 games into the season, maybe we'll have a better and more clear understanding of where everybody is sitting. Do you, so, uh, do you think the Kings will be above 500? In 10 games? I don't know. Their schedule's rough. That is a rough schedule to start. I think if they're sitting at around five and five, that'll be a good way to start the season. So, and honestly, right now, we just need gear to get his rear gear. So, and, uh, and start playing well. So, all right. So let's move on to the NFL. I'll give you guys a quick recap of week seven, just for scores. Since that happened a few days ago, we don't need to spend much time on week seven, but just a quick score update. The Browns beat the Broncos. The Titans clobbered the Chiefs in a game that I I don't think anybody expected the Chiefs to score only three points. And thankfully, um, Patrick Mahomes is okay after that big hit he took. Mm-hmm. That, that looked, man, that, just, that looked really bad. So that glad he's okay. game was really bad. I mean, it really was. It really was. We got to Packers. So <laughs> what? We got to check in on Cam. Well, hopefully, our boy, our resident Chiefs fans, okay. Yeah, we'll have game. to we'll have to bring him on actually because he'd be an interesting person to talk to right now. Um, the Packers beat Washington twenty four to ten. The Bengals, with perhaps the statement of the season by any team, beat the Ravens like just beat the brakes off the Ravens forty one to seventeen. The Giants beat the Panthers 25-3. to I, didn't, I don't think many people saw that being as big of a gap as that was either. The Falcons and the Dolphins, the one game Sam and I did for not, came down to a field goal at the very end. The Falcons pulled out the win over the Dolphins. The Jets got 
I don't even know what the right word is. The Patriots put up a 50 <laughs> burger against. I don't even know what to say even, about that. Game. I don't even know what 54 to 13. The Raiders had a dominant win against the Eagles, 33 to 12. They go to five and two. They're sitting at second place in the AFC right now, sitting at five and two, heading into their bye week with the chance to get healthy. The Rams beat the Lions in what was a really fun game from the Lions. Fake punts twice, fake. Uh, just an onside kick. Oh, man, it was DeAndre Swift with that big screen pass at the beginning of the game that went for like 75 million yards. The Buccaneers also beat the Bears by 75 million points. I don't know what is going on with the Bears and Justin Fields right now. I don't know if you guys heard, but there was a situation during the game where the coaching staff got in Justin Fields' headset and said, hey, we they have 12 men on the field, snap the ball. So Justin quickly snapped the ball, only to find out there was not 12 men on the field. He thought it was a free play, launched it up to the wide receiver, and it got intercepted. And he's just sitting on the field looking at the sideline. He was totally confused. The coaching yeah, staff. Needs, they need to get out of there. By the way, that's happened twice in the past two weeks. They've, they've done that twice to him. And then in both plays has resulted in two interceptions. So for anybody who's saying that it's Justin Fields' fault, I wouldn't point at Justin right now. The Cardinals beat the Texans 31 to five. <laughs> that was <laughs> safety for anybody who doesn't know. Five? Yeah. The Colts beat the 49ers 30 to 18. We'll get to that later. And then the Saints beat the Seahawks in what would have been honestly a really interesting Monday night game, probably if Russell Wilson was playing, but it was 13 to 10 Saints over the Seahawks. So that would have been a really good Monday night game like five really, years ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not not <laughs> <Absolutely>. this year. <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right, so we don't have to spend much time on week seven because that happened a few days ago. Obviously, the Packers and the Cardinals, they're going to be playing tonight. And that has probably been the best Thursday night matchup, at least on paper oh, so far. It got spoiled, though, with Devontae Adams being out. Mm, that's true that is true that is a, I, that's right I actually I read that earlier today I forgot about that you are right hopefully, that does put a little bit of a damper on the game hopefully Aaron is gonna work his magic and turn Alan the, Lazard baby Alan Lazard and Valdez yeah. Antlin and uh Randall Cobb last from the past. just yeah Aaron Jones yeah. gonna go for a 50 point fantasy game <laughs> but man that's tough without the best wide receiver in football yeah so I think so. I think just quickly from week seven moving into week eight, I think the biggest things coming out is one, the Bengals. Mm -hmm. That was a huge statement win. And then the Chiefs. I mean, we can look at, I feel like we can look at that game in in two different ways. One, the Chiefs, holy crap, what's going on with them? And then Tennessee, looking like those early season woes are totally, are totally gone because it's in a short week after pummeling the Bills, they come back and just beat down the Chiefs. I think the Titans are also a legit team in the AFC as well. I think that game says more about the Chiefs and their struggles that's going on right now. Um, I I don't because this well, this is the same Titans team that lost the Jets. Yes, and that, that got blown out by Arizona. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to make of this win. I mean, I think it just says more about the Chiefs and their inability to really. I mean, they've been beaten by Baltimore they've been beaten by they got destroyed by Buffalo they've been destroyed by Tennessee now I mean it is just a big old struggle bus and it's every week we're we're sitting here saying man just wait till the Chiefs click and they're that team that we've been 
seen for the last three years, and it, it might not happen this year. It it's might not. Might yeah. Not. It might not. And I so I wanted to bring this point up for the people who are watching. Sam and I were talking during this week, and we kind of identified something interesting about these two conferences. And we were just talking about the East and the West in the NBA. So AFC and the NFC have a really interesting dynamic going on right here. So the NFC seems to be really, really top heavy in the sense that the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Cowboys, those are potentially, I mean, three teams right there, you could argue. Packers. Well, actually, well, yeah, so I think I was going to throw the Packers in there, but not for the statement that I was going to make. The statement that I was going to make is I think with those four teams right there, you could argue that they, who knows, it's obviously going to be different with every individual, but you could argue that they, that they would be on a short list of, you know, if you were naming the five best teams in the league, all four of those teams would have a case for being on that list. The Packers, the Packers are sitting at six and one, so I feel like you have to give them their due. But I've been hearing a lot of people still being really hesitant to jump on the Packers bandwagon just because of their defense. That's a um, good. Um, that was a big time Cincinnati win, and maybe it, it's looking better and better. It looks way week. better now, yeah. Because that's it. Sort of feels like a playoff game type atmosphere. Um, with all the how close that game went and maybe it's just a sort of like a fluke game with all those missed kicks but it but that's uh, two weeks in a row I think where they played a really good Niner team found a way to win they played a really good Cincinnati team found a way to win I think I mean this Green Bay team they're definitely salt like they if they get the right matchup they're gonna get they're going to win a couple of playoff games. I don't know if they'll, they'll make it to the Super Bowl. I don't, I still don't think they're strong enough to do that. Maybe they're not explosive enough to do that. And that's crazy to say with a team that has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, yeah. they might just not be explosive enough to play with Tampa or LA or Arizona, but they're still a solid NFL team for sure. Yeah. Um, so with the NFC, like we were saying, you know, including the Packers right there, and maybe not on the short list of the five best teams in the league, but in terms of the other four, you could make an argument they, that, you know, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Bucks all have a case for being on the, one of the a list for the top five best teams in the league. But you move over to the AFC, the AFC is a little different in the sense that they're just deep. They're deep with good teams. So first of all, you have the Bills. And the Bills might be the cream of the crop in the AFC right now. The Patriots – they're not the greatest team, but they're a tough out. Playing in New England is, is not easy. They may not be the greatest team in the world, but they're not going to lie down when you go play them. You have the Raiders who are sitting They did lose to uh, Miami, though. They did lose to Miami. <laughs> I feel like every team in this year has had some so, weird loss. So I don't know if you're going to um, go this way, but the AFC has just cannibalized itself with all okay, these yeah, great so, teams that have beaten each other. Like if the Bills were to be undefeated right now, they would be far and away the number one team in the NFL. But it's just right. these big AFC teams are just beating each other at this point. Right. So the Bills, like Sam mentioned, the Patriots are a tough out. The Raiders are sitting at five and two right now. They're looking better and better each week. The Chargers are a really good team. I mean, I know the Chiefs are three and four, but they're still the Chiefs. And there's part of us that I think mm-hmm. until it actually does happen and they don't make the playoffs, I still like we I still feel like we have to give them some credit as not being a pushover type team. They have their issues, but they're still the Chiefs. The Bengals, look out. Here come the Bengals. 
The Ravens are still really good. The Browns, the Browns are dealing with a lot of injuries right now, Chargers. but they're yeah, still sitting at four and three. I did mention the Chargers. Uh, I went through the yeah, I went to the AFC West. But then you get to the AFC South. The Titans are looking better, and the Colts. The Colts have suddenly. I know they started off uh, really poor, but if you look at their first couple games, they opened up the season against the Seahawks. Then they played the Rams, and then they played the Titans. They had a game against the Dolphins, but then they had the Ravens. And then since since that Dolphins game, so they rattle off one against the Dolphins. They lose to the Ravens in a tough game, overtime game. And then they beat the Texans, and then they beat the 49ers really handily. The Colts have suddenly become a team that you – I mean, overlook them if you'd like, but I feel like that's a mistake. So the AFC is just, from top to bottom, really deep. Well, the NFC is top heavy, but not as deep. So it's an interesting dynamic in, with both of these conferences right now. Yeah, I think um, I think the, the NFC is just, I was telling Jason this, it's a little more defined to me. Like the teams up top, we can clearly say are better than the rest of their competition in the NFC. Like Packers are far and away the best team in their division cowboys are the bucks. far and away the best team in their division the bucks the i mean the rams and cardinals like we've already seen them play and they're pretty yeah. close but the cardinals look like a legit team because they've been able to beat any team that's come up against them but the, in the afc like all these teams have beaten each other like the bills have beaten the chiefs who have beaten the browns who have like the Ravens and then Colts even have played them well. Titans have gotten a couple wins in it. Like there's the Raiders beat the Ravens. The Chargers um, were beating. Oh shoot, what was that big game? Oh no, the Ravens beat the Chargers, but then they beat the Browns. <laughs> like yeah, the Chargers have beaten the Raiders, and the Raiders beat yep. the Ravens, but the Ravens beat the Chargers. Like there's yep. is so yeah. much. There's like, a lot of this. Going <laughs> <on>. <laughs> there's, there's like. There's none of that transverse property going around where this team beat this team, so that means they should win this game. There's none of that going on in the AFC. No. It's just I don't. Does the that Jets tell beat the Titans? That, does, does that tell you that um, those teams are like that conference is just from top to bottom? Would you consider it more competitive because those teams are like better, almost like the level of the level of teams are a little higher quality or do you think it's like a little like Buffalo isn't as good as the best teams in the NFC. So it's like a little closer in competition to you see what I'm trying to say? Like the average. So I feel like, I feel like you give them. Yeah. I feel like you give them both like B plus grades, but you give them B, B plus grades for different reasons. You give them B plus grades because the NFC, just the top of their division, is phenomenal. Like, clearly they have four fantastic teams, plus the Packers, who just let's throw into there just for argument's sake. But then everybody else is kind of like, you're just like, well, we'll, we'll forget about those guys. But then with the AFC, you have maybe not anybody who, other than may, other than the Bills. But see, I, that's tough because I don't even know if I can necessarily say that. But – you don't have teams maybe like the Rams or the Cardinals or the Bucks or the Cowboys where you go like, damn, like week in and week out. But you have teams who are really, really, really solid. So because of the amount of really solid teams, there isn't 
many teams where you look at it and go, oh, well, they're just really bad. So you give the AFC a B plus grade as well, but just because they have more, but right here, there's just in the NFC, there's just a big like lump of teams at the top who are just like all of them. You could see winning the Super Bowl. I think is the way that you can look mm-hmm. at it. Do you think any team, any of those top four that you're talking about, do you think right now, based on what we've seen, any of those four that end up coming out of the NFC, would you put them as the favorite, even against Buffalo, even against anyone that comes out of the AFC? Buffalo right now is probably the team. Because <laughs> Buffalo's know, shown weakness, for sure. You know, you know yeah. And honestly – I don't think the Titans are going to make it to the Super Bowl, and I don't think the Bengals are going to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, I think the Bills probably have the best shot. But I think the team that would be hardest to maybe match up against in a Super Bowl might be Tennessee, either Tennessee or the Bengals, because the Bills right now – now, the Bills do have a, a much better defense than they did last year. Their defense has been playing really well. They've only given mm-hmm. up 98 points through the entire season. They're the only team in the league who has only given up double-digit points this whole year. Everybody else has given up double digits in terms of the entire season. Everybody else has given up triple digits in the entire season. So, um, But I feel – Like the team who right now is looking like they're going to come out of the AFC, which is the Bills, would not be the hardest team to match up against because the Bills have a ridiculous air assault right now with Josh Allen, Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs. They're just going to throw the ball all over you. The running game has gotten better. But if you look at the Bengals and you look at the Titans, the Bengals do two things really well. They have Joe Mixon right now who has been playing out of his mind. Top five Yeah, so their running game has become really, really good. And then now they have this elite wide receiver group with a really young and emerging tight end. So I feel like they would be tough to match up against. And I think Tennessee would also be a nightmare to match up against because Ryan Tannehill has been playing also really well. They have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, who the joke that I keep hearing about the Titans is, who are you going to send off the bus first to look intimidating are you going to send aj brown julio jones or derrick henry because those are three guys who are just massive you don't see two wide receivers like that who are just super physical and then you have derrick henry who might be the most physical player to ever walk the face of planet earth mm-hmm. so ryan Tannehill can throw the ball over the yard if he needs to and then derrick henry will just run all over you they're a night, uh, matchup nightmare as well so it's interesting because we talk, and the reason why I say all of that is because whoever comes out of the NFC, while they may be looked at as the favorite, whoever comes out of the AFC is probably going to have played really good teams along the way to get there. So they might be more battle tested when they get to the Super Bowl. Maybe I don't know. I don't know about that, man. Well, so I could see that from they don't really have an off week. Like I could definitely see the first round of the NFC being like. Because somehow, um, well, here actually, here let me. I, so who's, I know who's currently in the wild card right now. I was just about. Rams, I was just about to say. I was just Rams about to say. Probably, let's look um, at the current. Yeah, the current playoff picture right now. The current playoff picture right now in the NFC would be the Cardinals have the bye week. Yeah. Dallas and the Rams would play each other. 
four and five. Green Green Bay and the Saints would play each other. <laughs> the Saints so Green, are right now making the yeah. playoffs. And then get this: the Bucks and the Vikings would play each other. Mm. So there's your NFC playoff picture. But get get your AFC picture. The Bengals would have the first round by. So first first round series right here. You have the Bills and the Ravens. That's a great game. Three and six would be the Titans and the Chargers. That's a great game. And then you have the Raiders and the the Browns. The AFC, whatever whatever team shake Wait, the out. The Browns. Of, the Browns are still making the, the playoffs. The Browns are they, they are seventh seed right now. Uh, um, but the Chargers so, are going to make the are going to win that division. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So okay, um, just a quick tangent. The Niners can still make the playoffs in the NFC. Uh, yeah, no, they could. They're they only could, a game. I mean, you have the back, Vikings right? sitting at three and three. Yeah, they're a game back. They're a game back. Why is it? Well, I saw all on first take this morning is Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat? Should Kyle Shanahan be on the hot seat? I've, for, heard, that, I've heard that a lot too. Why? What what happened from him being one of the best young coaches in the NFL to now him suddenly being on the hot seat because his quarterback got injured and um, his quarterback couldn't throw in the ring? How is that Kyle Shannon's fault? He also he called a really weird game on Sunday, but still, I don't think there should be any questions about Kyle Shannon's ability to coach. Well, I mean. I'm not, I mean, I'm not in depth with that team, but maybe it's just an expectation of where they were supposed to be and where they actually are right now. But they've had Trey Lance play in that Seattle game, in that Arizona game. They didn't plan on that. That wasn't the no. plan. For but sure. I so think they... the argument would be if you have a, somebody brilliant like Kyle Shanahan, why hasn't he been able to figure that out? I think maybe that's the argument. I'm not saying I am, but it's just. I don't think that's warranted. I mean, that that Indianapolis game was – I don't think you can take a lot from that game. Just with how crazy that weather was, I've never seen a – okay, that's hyperbole. That torrential <laughs> downpour storm that they were was, playing Yeah, in, it was a, it was I a don't big – uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a game played in that sort of conditions. So let's get – so I – with us talking about, you know, the playoff picture and all that other stuff and these conferences and stuff, let's move into power rankings because I think that'll uh-huh. continue the conversation. So th- we always do ESPN versus us. It's so almost like ES- a validation at this point of what we've been talking about, AFC, it, NFC. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so we move into the power rankings and we'll go into ESPN's power rankings. We always compare us, I mean, ours to theirs. So I'll go from 10 to 1, just like always, Sam will have it pop up either to the left or the to the right of me so at 10 are the chargers nine the tennessee titans eight is baltimore seven is cincinnati six is dallas and then your top five teams according to espn five is buffalo four is green bay three is the rams two is tampa and one are the Cardinals. so that is your espn power rankings oh, so they power are rankings. they are sipping on the nfc's juice right now they are they are i mean that's literally what we were just top, talking about right top four top four teams that's exactly what we were just talking about and guess what guess who makes up every other playoff spot i mean every other power ranking spot on this list an afc team oh no i'm sorry except for dallas at six so it's five and five but the top four 
Yeah, I was so confused what you, what you said. Yeah, sorry, I, I <laughs> forgot about Dallas. So, um, so our list is going to be, um, so technically it's going to be on my right, but on the screen it's going to be left of right. my face cam. <laughs> right. If that makes any sense. It's going to be to my right shoulder. Doesn't matter. Let's go. I think. Um, so starting at 10, we have the Raiders with some bias in there. We have uh, Tennessee at nine. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you're just like, okay. you're, you're not wearing your Raiders jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is what I was going to say. This is what I was going to say. So, you know how they're now 2 and 0 with um, the Italian interim coach? What's his name? Rich Versaccio. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I think it was, it was Shannon on Undisputed. Skipping Shannon. Um, yeah, I think he said, I think Derek Carr leaked those emails to get John Gruden out of here <laughs> because he's played so much better without Gruden. Dude, he is. I'll get into the Raiders in, when we get to uh, the, the picks at the end. I have something on the Raiders, but I just, yeah, no. Yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah, we can't, the NFL can't can't disclose their sources, but it, it is um, at Derek Carr for, <laughs> or whatever. What number is he? Four. He is four, okay. Whatever. I don't care about the Raiders. Number eight, we have uh, Los Angeles Chargers, seven Cincinnati Bengals, six Green Bay Packers, five the Dallas Cowboys. We have Dallas above Green Bay. That's a little different. Uh, four, we have Tampa. Three, we have the Rams. Two, we have Buffalo. And then one, we have Arizona for the third straight week, I want to say. So, so I think the thing that we have to address, because we don't have to spend a ton of time on power ranking, we still have to get to picks um but i think the biggest thing really is one we still have faith in the bills i i mean i think we both still believe that they should be near the top of a power rankings list the bills have done nothing to i know they had a bye week so you know another team's played so we have you know what have you done for me recently kind of thing but we can't not put the bills up there they were there that they were up near the top of our list last week they didn't do anything to negatively affect their stock so they need to stay up there and then with Dallas and the Packers, Dallas, I know the Packers are six and one and Dallas is five and two, but the Dallas Cowboys have beaten some really good teams. And not only that, but what they've shown this year is that they have a dominant air attack. They have a dominant run game and their defense has been really opportunistic with turnovers and they've been playing really well this year. And I think the question mark with the Packers is outside of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, what, you know, do we do you really have a lot of faith in the Packers defense now? They've played really well. That Cincinnati game looks a lot better now after Cincinnati beat down the Ravens. So maybe take some stock into that. But overall, Dallas seems like the much more complete team. Now they're only one spot ahead of the Packers, but they've played better teams than the Packers. So to not to not have Dallas above the Packers just doesn't it didn't feel right. Yeah, they both play in pretty bad divisions. Um I think just the difference between Dallas and Green Bay is like literally splitting hairs. Like they yep. are two identical teams. They both they both win in different ways. Almost like mm-hmm. Dallas's offense, like I was saying, Dallas's offense is just so explosive and Green Bay for whatever whatever reason hasn't really tapped into that and been blowing out teams, but I mean, you can't fault what they're doing. They are getting the job done and winning games. Like you can't slight them at all since that 
New Orleans Saints embarrassment. They have all they've done is win games. And it's hard to yep. win games in the National Football League. And that's all Green Bay is doing. Dallas, um, I think they have a more impressive win, definitely, out of the two of them. So I think that kind of puts them above. And the way they've just been dominating um, their weaker opponents, uh, that, that Chargers win is a huge one. Um, I think just it's almost like a surprise factor for me because we didn't, we didn't, we didn't really see Dallas getting to this point this quickly rebounding from last year and the jump that they've been able to take with Dak being probably a top five MVP candidate, but then their defense coming along the way so fast and they have, uh, they have digs and um, what's the, what's the rookie's name? Um, Number 11. Oh, oh, um, son of a gun. Um, for Dallas? Yeah. Son Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. Yeah. Oh, Micah I Parsons, yeah. They I'm sorry. Yes. Both of I, was, I was thinking of last year and the, yeah, CD, yeah. Both of those two have come in and they've just totally revamped. I think we're saying the same story with Dallas each week in and week out. I mean, yeah, they've only won, they've only lost one game and that game was to the Super Bowl champs. So and you can't really fault what they're doing. The other thing too is, you know, Sam talked about splitting hairs. You go to the bottom of this list and you have the Titans, the Chargers, and noticeably left out are the Ravens. And honestly, the thing about the Ravens, you know, we put the Raiders in at 10. He said it was a little biased, but at the end of the day, the Raiders still beat the Ravens. We, I mean, they, they beat them on Monday night football. And I know that Honestly, what's going to be interesting because the Raiders actually play the Bengals in uh, in a few weeks, so it'll be interesting to see how the Raiders match up against the Bengals. I think that has a chance to be like a like a thirty five kind of forty two ish type of game. Um, but shut up! <laughs> don't, don't don't even don't even. So I don't I don't think we can sit here and say that the Raiders defense is as good as we thought they were. Okay. You haven't okay. You know what? Uh, uh, you have okay. Here's the, here's the thing. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go there's, on a little bit. Of there's a big here. there's a big pro Raiders fan over there, so I have to like almost counteract it by being no. But here's the thing. Overtly harsher. Here's the thing. I try to be as realistic as I can with the Raiders. At the beginning of the season, I don't think anybody thought their defense was going to be very good. The thing that has been really really helpful for the Raiders is that acquisition of Yannick Ngakwe because what that has done it has allowed Max Crosby and Yannick to really get just in quarterbacks faces they were all over Jalen Hurts Mm -hmm. they have been all over every single quarterback that they have played this year Casey Hayward has been playing his stats statistically this year he's a top 10 corner in the league Perryman our linebacker is leading the NFL in tackles Trayvon Merrick has become a – he's been playing really, really well on the back end. The Raiders' defense is in the top half of the league this year, by the way, just letting you guys know that. So their defense actually is better, not – actually not as good as we thought it was going to be because I don't think anybody thought it was going to be in the top half of the league. I'm listening to the game at the, at the very beginning, and they, they read off the stats. They're top – 15 defense in the league, which I don't think anybody had expected. And then is directly due to the fact that Casey Hayward has been a really good shutdown corner. Perryman is leading the NFL in tackles and Yannick and Gawkway and Max Crosby, Max has five sacks and Yannick has four. You can't really double one person because the other guy's just going to come 
and get after them. The Raiders defense has been playing really, really well. They've been getting turnovers. I think they had four a couple weeks ago against Denver, and then they had two um, against the Eagles. They've been getting a lot of turnovers. The offense looks way better, ironically, since John left. Derek said he has these, at least the game against the Eagles, he was 31 for like 34, had the second highest completion percentage in NFL history with somebody who's thrown over 30 passes in a game. He also has the third, um, he has the second and the third highest completion percentage. Um, they've been playing really, really well. I don't think they're in any position to go, mm, we can overlook a team like the Giants because we're just better than them. They can't do that. Because the story about the Raiders the past couple of years has been, well, they haven't been able to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. Well, so far they've done that. So there's no reason. And then they got to win against the Ravens, which I don't think anybody was expecting. So I don't think there's any reason at this point to look and say the Raiders aren't good. I'm not going to be a gigantic overreactor and say, oh, yeah, by the end of the year, they're still going to be the second seed in the AFC. I don't know about that. But they have a legitimate shot to make it to to get in the playoffs this year. They really do. If they keep playing this way, then they have a chance. They lost to the Chargers and who else? And then they had that. Remember the day that the emails leaked with John? They were playing the Bears. Oh, Chicago. That's, yeah. I totally forgot about that game. Yeah. Um, which wow, I, I want to go down hard on them, but that was such like extraordinary circumstances. Like you they really just can't. found out that day. <laughs> um, and I think John had talked to them before the game and let them know. And yeah, so I think uh, that game, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Cause I think if they replay that game, they win that game. Um, wow. You're going out on a limb there. Right. <laughs> Chicago and, and the Raiders have gone in opposite directions. <laughs> yeah. So that's my little thing on the Raiders. Um, so you know, with them playing as well as they are, I'm I right now actually they're I've heard, at least from the podcast that I've been listening to, that that Raiders podcast, that they want Rich Visace to be the head coach next year. They love him. They all okay. love him. What um, was he before? He was the special teams coach. Um, which ironically so i've heard was actually he was he was perfect to fill in as the head coach because you don't take the oc and the dc out of their roles you have the special teams guy who you know is managing the special teams but in terms of the offensive and defensive coordinator maybe not as much responsibility so he can back and forth between special teams and being a head coach and it's worked really well for them and they all love him everything that i have heard coming out of the raiders locker room is they all love him um and for me honestly just to wrap it up, this has been my, for the entire time that I've been watching the Raiders, this has been my favorite iteration of this team with their running backs, the quarterbacks. I love all their wide receivers. They all seem really close. I mean, when you listen to their post-game pressers, they all talk about each other. Like when asked about themselves, they immediately throw it back to their teammates. They all seem to rally around each other and like each other. They're just, they've been really fun to watch. And it's been nice to, to have a good start to the season. So hopefully, they can squeak into a playoff spot maybe around the seven to five area get one of those you wild got, cards. Um, do you have their next their next three games in front of you yeah so their next game is against the giants and then they have a tough stretch of games after that so they have three kind of prove it games really they have the chiefs the Bengals, and the cowboys so those are three mm-hmm. games right there so i think i think if you what they've done if they beat the giants then they set themselves up at six and two. Then I think what they need is to get one of their next three games. 
They need to get the Chiefs, the Bengals, or the Cowboys, and then come out of that game, what, they'd be 6-2, and two, so they need to be 7-4. and four. And I think if you come out of that stretch, then after that you get Washington, you get the Chiefs again, then you get the Browns, who knows where they'll be, and then you get Denver again, and then you finish out the season with the Colts and the Chargers. So they've got a chance. Dang. They've got a chance. They've got some tough games. They've got some very tough games ahead of them. I think the easiest part of their schedule is behind them, so they shouldn't we'll they shouldn't lose more than they shouldn't have more than seven losses. There's no way. They should at least I, yeah. get to ten wins. Uh yeah, I would I would hope. I mean that I I would think ten wins would be enough, maybe. We'll see. With how we'll bad with who knows how long Baker's gonna be out, but that's a huge yeah, like, spot out, then, for any team yeah. in the AFC. But so so that was a pretty big tangent on the Raiders, but that's you know it's one team who maybe is surprising people this year and for somebody who watches them you know maybe maybe I could give a little bit of insight on the Raiders so um, hey, thanks man I'm glad I'm glad we're we're sipping their their Kool Aid after them beating the Broncos and Eagles I'm glad okay whatever shut <laughs> your your team's two and four back off let me let me enjoy let me enjoy. I'm not saying they should be a top ten team let me I never said the Raiders are going to stay at the second seed in the AFC. I think they're a wild card team. So, oh. All right, so let's move into picks. But what do I know? Because you're four and three in picks. Right. So exactly. obviously something's, something's going, going Sam right. Sam blew that's... a big 3-1 lead. He was up 3-1, now it's 4-3. to three. Eventually, everything will go right in the world. So that I was just waiting for it to happen. It's happened. So... All right, here we go. We'll start with the Thursday night game tonight. Packers, Cardinals, Devontae Adams out. Cardinals in. I'll take the Cardinals over the Packers. So so Adams isn't for sure out. I guess he has to get two negative tests in back-to-back days and like or 24 hours before the game or something like that. He has to have two yeah. negative tests. But it's unlikely like with how I think he tested positive Monday. That's how how quick of a turnaround. Yeah, I think you I think you have to take Arizona. I mean, it would be a huge feather in the cap of Aaron Rodgers if he somehow gets the job done. And I and think that'd propel game, right? that'd propel yeah. Green Bay into maybe the number one spot in the top of the NFC. But this right. would be such a big, big time statement by Green yeah. Bay if they were able to beat Arizona. I was gonna say this would be the game where if pe- the people who are questioning the Packers you know, and I'm for me, if I'm just speaking personally, I still have a little bit of question about their defense. I have faith in Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams that they're going to be a good team, but their defense is going to need to step up if they want to make a deep run. So this would be the game to go, told you, if they beat the Cardinals. So, right. Um, but with Devontae Adams being out, yeah, that's going to be rough. So take the Cardinals over the Packers. And we got the Panthers who are sliding down recently. We're now in trade talks for Deshaun Watson. I've heard. So you have Atlanta at home against Carolina. Mm-hmm. We got. I think I'm going to take Atlanta. I, I'm also going to take Atlanta. Atlanta sneakily, their defense is still bad, but their offense is clicking out of this world mm-hmm. with the emergence of Kyle Pitts as what we all thought he was going to be as the unicorn. Like he is has a crazy rapport now with. Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan has been playing like his MVP self these last couple really weeks. Well. Like he's, he has a resurgence from those early year struggles. And I mean, Carol is Christian McCaffrey healthy in this game? I don't think so. 
and they sorely miss him. The fact that they only put three yeah. points against the Giants, uh, you have to take Atlanta. Uh-huh. I agree. Big game Sunday morning, Colts-Titans in Indianapolis. We got? I'm going to take um, I'm going to take Tennessee. I guess somehow yeah, Tennessee is going to get the split or get the sweep in this season series. Um, Indianapolis. This game is a lot closer than mm-hmm. what their records I think say because Indianapolis has played Great. so much better. Um, Carson Wentz. Find been, odds Carson Wentz has been playing out of his mind this year uh, with all the injuries that, are, that is going on with that team. Jo- Jonathan Taylor is the second best running back in the league behind Derrick Henry, who's in this game. Uh, that defense is playing a lot better with DeForest Buckner. Darius Leonard was a monster against San Fran. Um, but I think Tennessee, with the confidence that Ryan Tannehill should have coming off of that win against Kansas City and how just perfection he was throwing the ball to A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, I think they're two-headed attack with the best running game in football and their weapons on the outside, I think they should be able to have enough to beat the Colts. So Tennessee opened up as a one and a half point favorite. So they're not a big road favorite for this game, but I agree. I think Tennessee, I mentioned that they are just a nightmare matchup for teams. They really are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll take Tennessee on the road. I'll take the bills at home against the dolphins, which I think 90% of the world is going to as well, except for the 10% who lives in Miami. Although they probably pick the bills as well. Yeah. What, um, was the, what was the last time? What was the score of the last time these two teams played? What was it like 30 to zero? Like, yeah. Like an NBA score. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what about, you know what? And, and that might happen with the Bengals and the jets too. No, I'll take the Bengals over the jets. <laughs> yeah. It's good, so, for, good for Cincinnati, man. With all those Cincinnati fans that were that were riding with this team in the dumps, they are oh, yeah. they are getting their due right now with how good this team is. So Pittsburgh versus the Browns. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be an interesting game because Baker and the questions on Baker. Uh, I think he's he think I think he's still gonna be out. Mm-hmm. I'm even, guessing. Even if he comes back, he's going to be a little limited. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh coming off their bye. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Dude, I'm leaning that way as well. I know that the Browns, I mean, they beat Denver, but I mean, Case Keenum, Case Keenum is a solid backup. He's going to make smart decisions with the football. Um, Nick Chubb's back. Odell man. should be out, though. Man, that is that is rough. Um, I'll tell you what. I so I'll pick the Steelers because I feel like I feel like at this point they're the safer team to pick just because of because Nick Chubb is still questionable. I don't think he's fully healthy yet. He practiced yesterday. Okay, let's see. Have him on on my fantasy team, so we better. I do too, and it said questionable, so I better be healthy. All right, we'll come back to that game if we have to. What about the Eagles and the Lions? Do you think the Eagles are going to lose, and the Lions are going to get their first win at home? What do you think? (laughs) They're three-point underdog. They're a three-point underdog to the Eagles at home. 
At home. Um, man, they played so well against the Rams. Uh, and the Eagles just looked bad against the Raiders. They, I don't, I think that was a combination of the Raiders making them look bad and the Eagles just not having a good day. Um, I want to pick the Lions because I really want them to get their first win. I I have a lot of fun watching them play. They play really hard, but I just they're 0-7, so I can't do it yet. So I'll take Philly as well. I'll take the Rams over the Texans. Yeah, definitely. Take 49ers over the Bears. I hope so. If they lose to the Bears, maybe there's a little hot seat <laughs> discussion. So um, I'll take the Chargers over the Patriots as well. Yeah, the Chargers coming off a bye. Um, Patriots have been playing better, but they're definitely not on the – didn't Justin Herbert's worst game as a pro come against um, Bill Belichick last year? Not sure. He had a terrible game against the Ravens. Um, so – yeah, I'll take the Chargers as well. I could see the Jaguars actually beating Seattle. I'm not going to pick them, but I wouldn't be shocked if they get the win. Well, I'll pick. Right. I'll take Seattle over Jacksonville. Oh, I'm taking Jacksonville. You are. Yep. All right. Um, I'll take. Is that our only difference right now? Right now, it is. I'll oh. take the Buccaneers over the Saints. Yeah. Um, Washington versus Denver. Oh man. Um, Washington I, has has played some teams tough. Um, they're not great. I'm going to take Washington. I'm, I'm going to take, take Washington, Washington over Denver. Damn it, you were supposed to take Denver. Um, I'll take the Cowboys over the Vikings. Yep. And then the Chiefs over the Giants. Yeah. So right, so right now, we're, this, this week of games, there are a lot of um, seemingly lopsided games. Um, again, we're only different on one right now, um, which we can do again. <laughs> I don't want to um, do it. That was so dumb to have that the whole week come down. Okay, to... I'll tell you what. I'll flip on one. You flip on one. Fair enough. But I really want my percentage to go back. I know there's 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 an integrity thing in the sense that do we want to be true to what we actually think, or are we going to try to play the more odds kind of thing? Could the Giants beat Kansas City? <laughs> no, right? I don't know. I've lost, I've <laughs> I lost three straight weeks. Then let's, even... let's stick with it. Let's stick with it. Let's just let's stick with one game. We'll go with our true um, You're taking feelings Seattle? on the games. I took Seattle. Seattle's bad. Seattle is bad, but so is Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville's a great team. <laughs> I don't want to take Denver because Denver messed me up in the Raiders game. I don't want to take take... the Browns over the Steelers. No. You can? That's what I said. I said I can. And then the only game I could see myself switching on is Tennessee Indianapolis. Or the Lions and the Eagles. Maybe. But I can't pick an (laughs) Olin... Oh, in 17. 
I, I already. I actually Jack- feel. I actually feel more confident picking the Lions over the Eagles than I do the Browns over the Steelers. Damn, the Eagles suck. Um. Tell you what, tell you what, I'm feeling good, okay? I will take the Lions are going to get their first win at home against the Eagles. I will take it. I will not flip against the Steelers and the Browns. Now you have to flip on a game. The Lions, you heard it here first, are going to get their first win against the Eagles. It is bound Um, to happen. They're the best 0-7 team you've ever seen. Who did Washington play this week? They played Green Bay. Oh, and got spanked? Um... Kind of. Not really, because Taylor Heineke scored a touchdown that would have made it a one-score game, but they called it back because he gave himself up on the one-yard, and then they didn't score. (laughs) Oh, that's weird. Um, Yeah. Do I want to flip? I could see. I'm going to – Take you gotta Indian, hurry. Indianapolis. Why do I have okay, to hurry? Is there is there a timer? There's a timer in my head. Let's go. <laughs> All right, All right I'm gonna so take Indianapolis. All right, you're taking Indianapolis. I got the Lions over the Eagles, and then you have the Jaguars over the Seahawks. Well, book it. There we go. Week eight. All right, so to end the show, Thursday is obviously when this episode comes out. Thursday night football is happening. Week 8 is starting. But the actual week of football, weekend of football on Sunday, is actually happening on Halloween. So the way that we're going to end the show is by giving our top three favorite Halloween candies, which is a very highly contested subject for a lot of people. A lot of people have some really heated opinions on what the best Halloween candy is. So, Sam, what are your favorite three Halloween candies to have? So back back in the back of my day, uh, when I used to trick or treat and go around, um, I loved banana laffy taffies. I've got to be somewhere in there. There, I know they're most. Oh wait, are these your favorite three candies or favorite Halloween candies? Well, they're just most common in Halloween. Okay, okay, yeah. Not like are you thinking mostly like candy corn and? No, no, like but only I'm just, that pop up at Halloween time. No, I'm just saying, like, no, just like your favorite candy. No, it, it's like what I would, what you'd only see at Halloween, like oh, what I are passed out Halloween. usually. Gotcha. Um, those little packs of dots. Okay. Like the little boxes. Um, you know what? Old reliable. The Tootsie Rolls, the Tootsie Roll chocolates. I actually was a fiend for those. Yeah. You had the, the short ones, and then you had the really long ones. Yeah, yeah. And I'd fold them up and, yeah, just start. Ch- I, those are a sleeper. I think a lot of people don't like those, and they're sort of just filler in a candy bag, but they're they're a good time. So, yeah, there is a big difference between the candy that you see at Halloween versus the candy that you would want at home. But <clears throat> strictly Halloween candy, um, I always love getting nerds. I got nerds a lot. Mm. Um, <clears throat> those were you never really good. you never see those outside of Halloween. No, I you I never, never see did. like a a box of nerds. That's what I'm saying. So like I I got nerds a lot. I loved those. Um, what were those? <clears throat> what was it? It was. They're like they come in like a like a ring of like plastic. They're little circles. They oh um, they're like they're just sugar. Um, sweet tarts. Oh, sweet tarts. Sweet I tarts. always used to have sweet tarts. At uh, 
at Halloween. I got those a lot. Um, Skittles are too easy. Skittles, I would put as one of my favorite candies. Oh, anyway. like peanut peanut M&Ms? Peanut butter M&M's, oh, I mean... Oh, but but here's the thing. Peanut M&M's would go on the favorite candy list, not the ones that I got on, on Halloween. But I guess the other one that I normally got on Halloween was... Um, I always... I got Kit Kats a lot. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. I love Kit Kats. So I think, I, I think I'd have to go Nerds, Sweet Tarts, and Kit Kats. But if we're talking about favorite candies, I mean, peanut M&M's, they're right up there. I mean, good God. And then Skittles for me, I've always been a Skittle fan. I, I can't not have a Skittle. And then I think it would come down to like, I love Snickers and I love Reese's peanut butter cups. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I, if somebody offers me a Jolly Rancher, I'll never say, no. oh. I'll never, I'll never say no to a Jolly Rancher. So like those five, I know I said three, but those five. <laughs> you said like eight. <laughs> so well, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Out of the candy bars, we're talking Snickers, Twix, Milky Ways, Three Musketeers. Um, Kit Kat? Kind of. A, yeah, I guess it's a candy bar. Um, kind of, yeah. Uh, like the chocolate bar. Oh, what else am I forgetting here? Peanut butter cup is not a candy bar. Payday. Um, yeah. Heath bar. If you, for those of you that like Heath bars. Yeah. What Do you have a favorite out of those? Snickers is hard to beat. Snickers, like, it's always consistent. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's like the Raiders, just like really, a... really bleh. You think, you think the Snickers are bleh? <laughs> uh, I, uh, I love Snickers. I've always been a fan of Kit Kats. Um, There's only one right answer. Which is? It's the Milky Way bar. <laughs> the caramel, the chocolate... Oh, so you're a caramel guy, not a caramel guy. I mean, it's caramel, but right, whatever. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right, right. Well, right, whatever... so Twix, so it goes Milky Way, then Twix, then probably Snickers. Twix uh, is really good. Twix is another one that, yeah. I'd probably put Kit Kat next because Kit Kat is it's different from the mm-hmm. rest because the it's like a wafer almost. Almost, yeah. It's got um, a nice crunch. Yeah, yeah. That. Yes. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> and then stickers, but if I get a three musketeer bar, I am so disappointed. Just like if you're playing against the three musketeers in a clash. Just annoying. Annoying to come up against. <laughs> I never come up against the three musketeers anymore. Really? Yeah. I do. All right. Well, now we're going on a different tangent. So we'll just end it right there. <laughs> so okay. thank you guys so much for listening to episode 107 and watching episode 107 of nothing to say any fans podcast please have a wonderful weekend have a great holiday have fun watching the nfl i'm going to kick back and relax knowing my team is five and two i hope your team plays well this weekend as well so we will see you all next week i hope my team plays well